Well, hello and welcome to a new month of theology for you. Um, we're glad you're with us. Victoria's going to be a, it's a new month. It's a new episode. We're starting in July. so We are. You just yeah. slapped your knees. <laughs> just that's, wasn't sure why you did that. I'm excited. It's a new episode and excited about our I'm excited too. new series, Google's, Google's Probs. Easy for me to say. I've got probs saying Google's Probs. And what we're going to be doing um, for the next four episodes is we're going to be looking at four of the top searched theological questions on Google. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So looking forward to it. So Ben and Victoria here, as you can tell, because she's already been mocking me. So um, we're (laughs) glad to be with you. Um, Our first um, question that we're going to be looking at is, what does it mean uh, to be a Christian? I think another way that you could probably phrase that question is, what is a Christian? Mm -hmm. Um, Why why is this important that we kind of define this? That's right. You were going to ask me I was going that ask question. That. Yep. <laughs> well, it's. I think it's important primarily just because with any, I mean, with with any world religion, I imagine, I think it's important to know what that um, belief system is and what it is not, just so there's kind of clarity. Um, we obviously we we don't ascribe to the kind of pluralistic or relative thinking that everybody's right, but there there is benefit in sort of knowing what everyone thinks and being able to um, properly define that. That's kind of just on a basic, like, define your terms. It's important to know what a Christian is according to the Bible so we can accurately um, identify them as opposed to other religions or worldviews. Um, but probably the deeper... I would say, and the more important um, meaning is so Christians themselves know kind of how to live their lives, know what God says about them and their identity. Um, You know, lately we talk a lot just in culture um, about identity and what we identify as and um, the kind of what our identity requires us to believe or how it requires us to act. And so for Christians, knowing what that true identity is is helpful as we live our lives and um, kind of carry out those mm-hmm. aspects of our faith. Yeah, because everything flows out of identity. I started a new book today, which I'll actually be reviewing uh, for um, or putting on Theology for You kind of as a blog post. Mm-hmm. And he starts out the book by saying it's a pastor from England across the pond um, and he says who who are you what are you the answers to these questions will effectively establish the way you live because your sense of identity substantially governs your modes of activity being precedes and determines doing um, so we need to know what a Christian is before we can live like a Christian just to kind yeah. of sum up and to back up yeah. Some of the things that you were already saying. That's good. You got, I mean, you guys can't see him, but you gave me a funny look and I was concerned, but um, <laughs> it's good. So what we're going to do in 
this episode, I cannot talk today. I did this at work all day, too. Um, we're going to go through the book of 1 John, and we're going to look at a dozen or so things that John says in this book. And this is actually a personal favorite of mine. Um, I love the book of 1 John. I love his writing style. I love how clear and just upfront that he is. But also, I like the way that he uh, thinks and the progression in his thinking. So um, we're going to start in chapter 1 and really just kind of go through the whole book. So I hope you have four hours. And a snack. And a snack. And maybe, <laughs> uh, depending on when you're listening, maybe lunch. So, But the first thing Just we learn... <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, hope you're having lunch. Um, <laughs> first thing we learn about what it means to be a Christian or what a Christian is, is that they have fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. We see this in chapter 1, verse 3. John is writing to uh, the believers in these various churches, and he says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We've been defining theology as the studied practice of knowing God, and I think you can really define the Christian life as the continuous action of having fellowship of having communion, um, uh, friendship, if you will, with God. So to be a Christian is to know God, to be in a relationship with him. Paul puts it and says, now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God. So it's a two-way relationship. We know God, and God knows us. And that's really, if you think about that, that we can have fellowship with God. And I think two practical ways we have fellowship with God is by reading His Word, reading the Bible, and by praying and having our prayers fueled by what we read in the Bible. The second thing we learn about a Christian is that they confess their sins. And this is a great verse. Verse 9 of chapter 1, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a Christian is open and upfront and honest mm-hmm. uh, about their sins. And I, th- I think um, you've seen this a lot in the last weekend with the Supreme Court ruling that um, Christians of all people should just be open and honest that, hey, mm. I'm a sinner. Um, yeah. And such a beautiful promise in there that if we confess our sins, God is faithful Injust, and he will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's just a precious, precious promise. So two awesome things just there in the first 10 verses of 1 John. Now the next thing that we see in chapter 2 is that we have an advocate with the Father. That's Jesus. John writes, My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin... Uh, that includes me. Victoria is smiling. That includes me. That includes Victoria. That includes you. If you are a Christian and you sin, which you will, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. A great way to look at this is that Jesus is on your side. Hmm. Jesus is for you. He's not against you. He's at the right hand of the Father even now. Um, praying for you 
interceding for you for your good um that's just that's really good so and what what does like so the result of having um christ as our advocate mm -hmm. then what does that lead to i think it's in that next verse yeah i think it leads it leads to that but i think another thing that it leads to is thinking about hebrews where it says we have a great high priest Mm. therefore let us go boldly before Mm. the throne of grace um our our advocate jesus our great high priest is there with the father but we have an advocate which is what victoria was getting into we have an advocate because of verse two when john writes he is the propitiation for our sins um the new international standard version translate that as he is the atoning sacrifice in other words jesus paid the penalty that you deserved that i deserved and took god's wrath upon himself so that we can have fellowship with god we can confess our sins and god can forgive us our sins and because of his work he will be he is for us he's not against us for those who are his disciples um and i th- i think the next thing that we're going to look at is that the a christian is obedient but we can you kind of see how victoria can correct me on this if i'm wrong that the identity john has already established the identity mm-hmm. before he starts getting into what you need to do right yeah like only the actions of a christian only come after they've been defined a certain way or declared a certain way as we kind of talked about um i think the last episode about justification Mm -hmm. they've been declared righteous um we have an advocate so when we do sin jesus will um, say that our our wrongs have been righted by him and so that that allows us to be obedient and i think maybe ben what you're kind of getting at is the big difference between um living the christian life out of something that we want to do versus something we feel like we have to do to please God. Um, that we're not trying to earn God's favor mm-hmm. when we live the Christian life or strive to live kind of, and, and I use the word Christian life, like hoping that, you know, you take that to mean kind of in line with the Bible um, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, we, we do that because it's a reaction or it's a response to who we already are, not because we're trying to be something really good. I think a lot of people assume wrongly that Christians, like, oh, maybe you go to church and you do nice things and you don't cuss and whatever mm, because yeah. you're trying to be a good person, and that's actually not true. Um, it's because God has said, I'm saying that you're right even though you're wrong, and because of my great love for you, you know, out of a response to that. Mm-hmm. You go do. Yeah, because I, I know this can be a, a rather twisted analogy for some, but like, um, let's put it this way. I hope that Carson, our daughter, our daughter, who's yeah. adorable, <laughs> um, I hope when she's older that she will do the things that we ask of her, um, not because she's trying to earn our favor. Mm. but because she already has it. Right. So as Christians, when we say that the identity comes before the doing, we're saying that we obey what God has revealed in his word because we're already favored 
by God and we're favored by God because of Jesus. So mm-hmm. even that favor doesn't come because of anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and we and like we know things about God, like He's good and holy and righteous and plans good things for us. And anything God tells us to do, it's because that's in our best interest. And mm-hmm. you know, all, all those, all of this works together. But just to yeah. kind of unpack it a little more, yeah. So we have an advocate. We have an atoning sacrifice. And then then John says in verse 3, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. This is a very simple test. Um, I can help any Christian who's listening right now with this. If you want to know if you're a Christian, look at how you obey God's word. That's what John says. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. And it keeps going in verse 5. Whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. So whoever is obedient to what God says, in that person God's love is uh, is perfected or um, completed is another way you can say that word. Verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's verse 6. So out of what Christ has done out of the favor that we have with God, out of the fellowship that we have with God, we obey. And then John ends chapter 2 by saying, if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So our lives as Christians should be something that is characterized by practicing righteousness, by practicing what is right. Um, So that's kind of John is talking in a general pattern sort of way so Victoria's got the next one for us as we keep traveling through the book of First John on a little journey <laughs> a jaunt our jaunt through First John yeah so moving into chapter 3 of First John or 1 John if you're from the United Kingdom um, we see a couple more marks of a Christian, ways you can know what is a Christian. And the first, there are several in chapter 3, but the one I'm going to pull out is um, 3.11, which tells us that Christians love each other, essentially, love one another. First, um, first John 3.11 says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And that theme, love one another, is also echoed in chapter 4, verse 11, verse 16, verses 19 and 20. Um, and I'm going to also jump down to 1 John three sixteen. So don't be confused. This is 1 John three sixteen, which says, um, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So um, Christians love one another, and a specific element of that love is self-sacrifice we see John telling us here. Um, In this, I kind of asked Ben if I could talk about this point because um, in my own life, this is a theme, a theological theme that has been really worked out over the past two years. Ben mentioned that we are new parents. We have a daughter who's a year and a half, and we have another baby on the way. Um, And so through becoming a mom... It, being a parent has kind of affected both of us differently, but I think my um, 
big takeaway from this first year of being a mom was just how much self-sacrifice was required that there is a lot of um, especially if you're out there and you're a new mom um, you have our love because those first new mom or dad um, those first months weeks are really hard there's a lot demanded on you as a parent a lot of needs that need to be met um, a lot of self-sacrificing on your part um, just kind of unconditional love second after second after second somebody who's not repaying you or giving you a giggle or a smile even, you know, just just lots of work, um, love that needs to be poured out. And um, for me, it was just helpful to see that in just a physical capacity, like this literally has to happen for me to keep my daughter alive. I have to keep loving her in this way. But then God kind of showed me through that really real analogy, if you will, or example of my own life, how easy it is for me to... um, just kind of not be loving to other people, you know, other, my peers or other people in my church, non-Christians, just people in my neighborhood, that sort of thing. And when you kind of start to see how selfish your desires can be, you really start to um, look at like, oh, wow, self-sacrifice is the tall order, you know, loving somebody um, in that way that First John talks about, um, by this we know love, that he is talking about Jesus, laid down his life for us. So Jesus late literally gave up his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. And it's not easy always or fun to kind of say, you know what, I'm putting my desires aside to love you um, and do X, Y, or Z. But that's what we're called to do. I kind of made a note in my Bible next to First John 3.16 that said, just says the Christian life is a daily, constant unrelenting laying down um and that sounds maybe i sound kind of heavy right now talking about this it's not a joyless laying down Mm -hmm. ben can talk some about that if you want to but um but i think i don't know i just think for a lot of christians it's maybe we kind of miss that part that our lives are really supposed to be about other people you know we get really focused on maybe some gushy feelings we get Mm -hmm. or you know we want to make sure our tank is full um, I've heard that language a lot. Those things are bad, but we have to. We need to trust that if we're obe- obeying God, that He will take care of us, and we need to have others first and um, trust that the Lord is t- working in that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and with the giving part of it, I think love has been so warped, distorted, mm. demeaned um, mm. in our culture yeah. because love is ultimately about us. Mm. And what we can get out of it, but the Bible knows no no definition of love like that. Right. Um, and in fact, God's own love is seen in His giving. John says in verse ten of chapter four, "In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us." And this is how He loved us. He loved us and sent His Son. To be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So our love, which is rooted in God's love for us, we love because he first loved us. It's rooted in a sacrificial love to begin with. Hmm. And I don't know who I was reading, but they talked about how love costs something. Hmm. If you're really going to love someone... It's going to cost someone. And I do think it's interesting 
that John is talking about this love within the context of the church. He says, love your love the brothers. We should love one another. The one another is talking about the, the church that he is writing to. And if you're not in a body practicing that, you can't you can't obey this command. So another another food for thought. A, a Christian is someone that's attached to the body of Christ, which is the church. Mm-hmm. We've been going a while. I would want to talk about one more thing, and then we will wrap it up. We have more that we could talk about, and what we will do is we'll have um, we're going to have an extended show notes up for you, so you can you can uh, check at, that out on our website. Look at some of these theologyforyou.com. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Look at some of these identities of a Christian for yourself, as Ben mm-hmm. was saying on theologyforyou.com. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to encourage you with is that John wrote this book to encourage fellow believers in the original context and Mm. also to encourage you if you're a believer he writes in verse 13 i write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life so john is writing so that uh, these believers might be confident that they believe that they may know that they have eternal life which jesus said in john 17 that eternal life was knowing him and god the father which is exactly how John started out the book, having fellowship with God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, which is made possible by the Holy Spirit, changing us, making us new. But So as we go through these things, John's not laying them down as a burden. Like, love one another, and if you... He, so what I'm trying to say is he doesn't say it so that you would feel bad. Mm-hmm. He's doing it. Oh, man, I didn't love Bob today. Yeah, he's trying to lay out these things to say that, look, this is what the life of a Christian will look like. Mm -hmm. A Christian is a person who has fellowship with God the Father. A Christian is a person who has been exposed to God's holiness, which you see in uh, uh, verse 5 of chapter 1. In him is light, and there is no darkness in him. Literally, darkness in him, no is none. Very literal, but John drives the point home you've been exposed to god's holiness therefore you confess your sins john gives a great promise that when we confess our sins god is faithful and just he will forgive us he'll forgive us because we have an advocate jesus christ our sins have been paid for in by jesus in christ then out of these realities if you are a christian this is a reality it's a the reality of all realities um out of that reality then we obey god because of the great grace that he has lavished upon us we love our brothers and sisters in christ we love those outside of the church because of the love that god has for us so be encouraged by these things don't listen to them and say oh man theology if you really beat me upside the head today well we don't want to beat you with the club we're trying to Uh, speak God's word to your minds and your hearts so that you might be encouraged in your walk to glorify God. Yeah, and this maybe is just a a side note, a footnote maybe to what you were saying, Ben. Like, be, be encouraged with this. And also keep in mind that if you are in a church, which we obviously encourage you to do, and we think the Bible says that's where Christians should be, um... 
in the church, remember that this is also happening to you. So as much as you are called to love one another, love other Christian Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters, um, in a self-sacrificial way, you know, that this is the way we know you're a Christian. If you're in a church, that means that there are, you know, at least a couple, right? It depends on Mm -hmm. the size of your church, but there are that many other people in fellowship with you, kind of bringing this back to you. And again, I say that not to, not as a give and take, like, oh, if I get some, I'll get some. If I give some, I'll get some. That's not, um, that's not it at all. But just be, be, I guess be encouraged that Christianity was not designed for us to live on an island. Like, this is not something you bear the weight of yourself. That yeah. other people, if you're in community, as God calls you to be, um, there are other people pouring into you just as much as you're pouring into them. And that's how God designed it, and it works, and it's beautiful. So we've just been really encouraged lately by some of our church friends, our Christian mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, and the love they've shown to us. And so just just keep that in mind, I guess. Don't, yeah, just keep in mind that this, this all works together, yeah. and that's how God mm-hmm. planned it. So go love people, and know that people in your church will be loving you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, it's our longest episode. It's our longest yet. episode yet. Yes. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, excited about <laughs> our uh, next episode, our second Google Probs episode. Um, we'll have a special guest with us. We're going to do a little interview next time, so we'll keep you hanging on that. <laughs> See y'all.